Peter King. Good morning, Peter. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you, pal? I'm doing fine, Sid. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I have a lot of reason to be thankful this year. My brother has been sick. He's out of the hospital. He's doing well. Oh, I'm good. happy about that. Good. As far as being a star, I'm going to attach myself to Lou Ruffino. I mean, Lou can make anybody a star. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's done it with me. You're right. I went out of my way to uh, to uh, praise him in that uh, article, but he really does deserve it. So I want to get Very to fine. this, this uh, yeah. hostage stuff because I know you listen all morning long. I've got folks that yeah. come on and go, we have to do this. We have to get the innocence out at any cost. Others go, man, I don't know. I mean, of course, if it was my kid, I would say that. But are we really going to stop killing these animals? Thousands in numbers, maybe a thirty, forty thousand left, over two hundred and thirty-six people. There's actually two two sides of uh, two schools of thinking on this hostage release. Just so you know, I'm all for it. I want to make sure after four or five days, Netanyahu goes right back to killing these bastards, but I want the hostages home. How does Peter King feel? Yeah, on a human level, I obviously want them back. I agree with you. Somebody in my family, yes, <clears throat> I, I do all I could to get them back. My concern is how long can they string this out? And there's a reward. I don't mind rewarding them if that's the end of it, but are they going to take more hostages? Is this going to hold Israel back from destroying Hamas? I mean, I hope. And I have a lot of faith in Netanyahu. I'm a Netanyahu fan. That violence is going on. He's still going to be killing individual Hamas leaders. And they have a plan ready to go in. But otherwise, they can string us out forever and say, we have hostages in this tunnel. We have hostages here. You can't attack this. And that could end up in hundreds and thousands, hundreds and maybe thousands of Israelis being killed over the next several years. So it's a tough one. But I think probably in the spirit of humanity, and that's where Israel, that is... Kobe Ryder, that is a weakness Israel have. They care about human lives. Hamas doesn't. And Hamas and the PLO and all those groups have taken advantage of that over the years. But that's you know, that's uh, that's what makes Israel what it yeah. is. So I give them tremendous yeah. credit for it, militarily and strategically. I'm not sure it's the right idea. But again, <clears throat> if it was somebody in my family, I'd be all for it. Right. I mean, I was talking to Hillel Fold earlier this morning, uh, early this morning, 6 a.m. hour. His brother Ari was murdered by the Palestinians five years ago. And I said, you know, uh, to a certain extent, it's going to sound insensitive, but uh, it's a win tomorrow for Hamas because they did this. I mean, yes, certainly they took some of these young girls for their own uh, jollies and and sick bastards, but raping them every day. But they they did this on purpose. They knew if they grabbed these hostages, that Mm -hmm. was their leverage. And now it's playing right into their hands. So on, on one hand, like you just said, and I've said, it's good to have these folks home, but they actually win tomorrow, don't they? Yeah, they do win because, first of all, it's going to buy them time. Secondly, they can use these hostages as bargaining uh, uh, wedges. I mean, now these 50 will get out, and God bless them and their families. There's others still being held. That's going to hold Israel back, they feel. And then they can take more hostages. It's There can be no end to this. And you deal with hostages, this happens. But if you're a democracy, if you're a, a freedom-loving country, you're torn in both ways. So I, I have faith of anyone. Maybe it's the wrong you can you know, thread the needle here. It, it, it'll be Netanyahu to get as many hostages back as possible and also kill as many Hamas leaders as possible. I was talking about Barack Obama earlier today with, um, I forget who, it doesn't matter, but I told him that um, I'm friendly now with a lady named Shirley Sotloff. And you remember this, Peter, Jahani, Johnny, whatever the, his name was, Jahadi John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we ended up killing him, but he killed two people on video uh, with a knife, he killed uh, Foley, and then he killed my friend Stephen Sotlop, whose mother Shirley lives in Miami and talks to me all the time. And 
He said, Sid, me and my husband, Arnie, we begged and pleaded with Obama, we'll give you a million, two million, bring our son home. He said, no, we don't, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Kayla Mueller, you may remember her, beautiful young American girl, oh, yeah. one of these yeah. sick ISIS bastards made her his American wife until they blew her up and killed her. And her parents begged and pleaded. And Obama kept saying, we don't negotiate with terrorists, but yet, but yet. He made a worse deal than Ryan Fafragosi in that Bo Bergdahl deal. So which one is it? Do we negotiate with terrorists or do we not? Now, you have to be very careful. And Obama's record is so bad. And he's also the one who gave billions of dollars to uh, you know, to Iraq, uh, uh, to Iran, which has allowed them to carry all, all his terrorism out. Going back you know, to the administration, where they had the pallets of cash going over there to uh, Iran, you know, the uh, Iran nuclear deal. And as far as that thing with Bo Berger, that was a total disaster from beginning to end. I mean, that was uh, shameful the way that was carried out. So why Obama did one thing and not another, I can't figure him out. I think he's one of the most overrated presidents we ever had. And he's done more damage in the Middle East during his time. And he never got wrapped for it. He really should have. I mean, everything he did in the Middle East blew up. He could have uh, furthered the Iran revolution uh, uh, back in his first year in office. Instead, he went around the Middle East talking about the United States being some kind of an oppressive imperialist nation. And then his, you know, the deal with Iran, the nuclear deal, the way he treated the Israelis, his final week in office where he had uh, uh, Israel condemned at the United Nations, the first time it's ever been allowed by an American president. So, no, he was a failure as president, and he has a suitable failure in office right now with Joe Biden. I want to ask you about Kennedy. I was born in 1967, yeah. so when he was assassinated, of course, I wasn't around. You were. And uh, I think you heard me earlier in the program say the first time I ever saw grown men cry was I was at a bungalow colony in upstate New York, and when Thurman Munson crashed his plane, that was the first time. I was about 12. I saw grown men cry. But I was told when Kennedy was assassinated, men, women, children took to the streets, cried then, and 60 years later they're still crying. Today happens to be the 60-year commemoration to the day when JFK was assassinated, when you hear that, you're alive, you're around, what do you think? I was, I was very much alive. I remember, anyone who was alive then remembers exactly where they were. I was standing in the front of an American history class in uh, St. Francis College in Brooklyn, and a guy came in and told a professor they shot Kennedy. And it was like, you know, it was a different time then. We had not had an assassination in 60, 70 years, whatever it was. Uh, Kennedy was the first television president. Every first time you knew a president's family, it was a whole different era. And for that to happen, it, it, people felt as if their, you know, their brother or sister had been killed. The whole nation came to a halt. Listen, my family was the Nixon family. They were heartbroken over, over Kennedy. I mean, uh, everything stopped. You went to subways. People wouldn't talk. It was uh, like one large wake throughout New York City. I remember I was working that weekend at the Railway Express over the freight yards. And these are the toughest guys you ever wanted to see. They were like walk, you know, walking around like zombies. Now, that was a whole different era. And it's, uh, I guess we lost our innocence that day. Because, you know, after that, you had different shootings, assassinations. But Kennedy was the symbol of youth. He was the first television president. I mean, Eisenhower, I thought, was an effective president. But you never saw him on television. His, his legend was from World War II. Kennedy was out there in news conferences. No president ever held a televised news conference before. No president ever played touch football on the beach. I mean, it's just all the whole thing. No, no, president, no, no president also was banging as many hookers as he was, hanging out with the mob like he was, possibly I'm, I'm, involved I'm, in Marilyn Monroe's murder like he was, and almost getting us blown up by Cuba like he did. No, but I'm saying it was the image that was out <laughs> No, there. I know, I know, I know. I know. No, no. Asking, why were people, uh, grown, men crying, uh, grown men crying because of that? All oh, well, let me, stop, let me stop you for a second then. So, because I agree with you, and I said earlier today that for everybody that says, Sid, when you talk, you sound shallow sometimes. 
because I always talk about how people look, and I don't care what you think. It plays a major, major role with a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people. If John F. Kennedy was not as handsome and rugged and the whole Kennedy glamour deal and all that as he was, would he have been as beloved? Because if you look at what he did as president, he made a lot of really bad blunders, almost got the United States destroyed by a third-world country. If he was fat and pimple-ridden and nasty, would people still be crying in the streets? No, he was the first image president that we had. He was the first member. People didn't even know that Roosevelt was in a wheelchair. Eisenhower was an older guy who was very his, – his whole goal was to stay out of the public eye. Kennedy was all over the place, hanging out with Frank Sinatra, people offered, you know, the Rat Pack. Uh, again, the family was always out there, Teddy Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy, Caroline Kennedy, John, uh, you know, John John Jr., all of that. It was a whole different image. Listen, my family was a Nixon family. If, if, if it had been Nixon who was shot, no. They would not have gotten that type of thing. Or anyone else at that time. Kennedy was a Hollywood star. That's the way he was being projected. And people thought they knew him. And I, listen, I, I did not think he was a great president. I, listen, I, I, know, I was with people in Congress who knew him, said he was a nice enough guy. Not maybe as nice as his image was. At public, they liked Teddy a lot more. But having said that, uh, again, you have to you had to live there at that time. It's hard to describe it, uh, you know, the feeling. The country came to a halt. I remember going home in the subway that night. People couldn't look at each other. It was mm. terrible. Yeah, no, I know. So what? Uh, let me ask you this. A beautiful Rosemary and uh, your son, Sean, saw great pictures of all you guys. I guess Aaron is probably still in North Carolina, but what is the King family doing tomorrow? Well, actually, Aaron has made it up here. And nice. Aaron come up with her husband, her daughter. Jack was already here. By the way, Jack is wearing his Joseph Abood suit today. He's interviewing for some jobs in Manhattan. So is that right? Well, by the way, Jack oh, happens yeah. to be Peter King's grandson, and he is a great kid. Great kid. Uh, Aaron also arrived there with four dogs, which is just <laughs> crazy. We have four dogs running around the house. We're all going to be here for, for dinner tomorrow night. Last night, Aaron and I and Rosemary went out to dinner with uh, Bruce Blakeman and his wife, Seagal. Another annoying thing about you, Sid, people coming over to the table telling me and Bruce, they hear us on Sid Rosenberg. Uh, here's the guy, county executive, one of the largest counties in the country, and he's known because he's on your show, so yeah, I don't know. I love that.